Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.com. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. What we do is you can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. right now and <clears throat> pardon me we have a lot of things to get to on tonight's show man we got to talk about this Aziz and Zari story it's been hovering the airways for the longest time and I feel like I want to give my perspective on it um, on top of that we got to talk about offset of the Migos getting to some controversy with some lyrics that he said we got to talk about Drake partnering up with the Raptors and doing something major for the nation of Canada and then we also what was the third thing I wanted to talk about? It was, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that eventually. We'll get to that. But before we get to all that, man, I got some stuff to get off my chest. So you already know what that means, man. It is time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Had to leave you guys on a cliffhanger for that one, man. Uh, but yeah, man, it's time to let that ish breathe. So, um, the, uh, all-Star voting for the NBA All-Star Game has now ended. The polls have closed, and the starters were revealed last night. So as of this recording, this live recording, it is Friday. This is last night that they uh, announced the starters on each squad, basically. And as you know, this year, they are not doing East versus West. They are doing, you know, assigned team captains picking their own guys. And I'll get to that in a moment, basically. But... As far as the east side and the west side is concerned, uh, as far as the east goes, you had LeBron James with the most votes on the east, and then alongside him, you have Joel Embiid, you have DeMar DeRozan, Toronto, Toronto, uh, you have Kyrie Irving, and then you also have Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. On the west side, you have Steph Curry as the team captain, and alongside him, you have Anthony Davis, you have DeMarcus Cousins, you have uh, James Harden, and then you also have, who, who was the fifth guy, James Harden? Uh, Kevin Durant, of, of, co of course, Kevin Durant, of course. <laughs> but anyways, you have those 10 guys who will be starting on each side. Now, like I said before, they're not doing East versus West anymore. They're not doing uh, team captains on each side and they're picking their guys despite what conference they come from. Now, a couple things. First thing that comes to mind is if they're actually doing East versus West this year, that starting lineup alone is solid. And it looks as though the fans, the media... And the players got it right because you actually have your two forwards, you have your two guards, and then you actually have a center. Not just a front court player, but a center. So you have Joel Embiid on one side, and then you have DeMarcus Cousins on the other side as your centers, basically. So having been doing East versus West this year, the fans and everyone in between had gotten it right. That's my opinion. Uh, second thing on top of that. The main thing about the All-Star game, not the All-Star weekend, but the game itself, the Sunday matinee, whatever you want to call it, the big one, um, the big thing that people have issue with it, especially over the last, I'm going to say minimum five years, is the fact that it's not competitive. Like, it becomes like a glorified pickup game. It, be it becomes somewhat of like a Harlem Globetrotter-esque type of game where you know one side is going to win over the other by a large margin of points. Nobody wants to play defense. Everyone's 
too worried about like getting injured. Like the lane is cleared. It, it, it's it's a glorified pickup game. That's what it has really come down to. I mean, that's by the time Stephen Curry get laid down on his back and put his hands on his head when Giannis Antetokounmpo did like that wind up windmill. That's when you knew that nobody was taking it seriously. If you didn't know beforehand, now you know that no player in this game is taking it seriously. Save for a few people who actually want to get the MVP, like Russ uh, got the MVP like two or three years in a row. You can tell he was serious about getting the award. But nonetheless, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, something's got to happen, man. I mean, like, people pay thousands of dollars to watch the game. I'm talking about the, the, the fans, the civilians, not the big wigs and the suits and, and what have you. I mean, two years ago when it was in Toronto, people were telling me how they spent four or five grand for seats maybe in the 300 section. And all they had to watch was, you know, guys throwing off the backboard and nobody defending it. Like, let it get competitive. The last time I remember it getting competitive, I think it was in the 2009 All-Star game when it was East versus West. I think it was around that time. I just remember Ray Allen went hot from three-point range late in the fourth quarter. Like, it got competitive near the end. But nonetheless, I think it needs to change. And I don't think this whole team captain versus team captain thing is going to change that. I think guys are still going to be very laxed. They're not going to really compete. It's just, okay, I'm going to pick you on my team. I'm going to pick you on my team. I mean, sure, it would have been a little bit of a tea sipper if we actually got to see this live, whether it be on television or on Facebook, as far as who's picking who, but they've now blocked that all together. It's going to be done in private, which is kind of silly to me, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think this doesn't change anything. Until we watch this game mid-February, Sunday, and it turns out to be a competitive affair, then we can say, okay, this may have stoked the fires a little bit based on this team captain picking this guy over this guy, and now he has an ego about it. Sure, that might happen, but until that remains to be seen, the jury is still out on whether or not this makes it competitive. At the end of the day, it's the players who decide whether or not they want to make this competitive. So you can do East versus, versus West, team captain versus team captain, red versus blue, best friend against best friend and all of his buddies. It doesn't matter. The players control the narrative in this scenario. And one of the very few scenarios that they can have a control over as to whether or not they want to make this competitive. So if you guys are complaining and griping about, oh, it's not competitive anymore, it's not fun anymore. I know Chris Paul was saying that to, to Adam Silver last year or whatever the case may be. It's on you guys. It doesn't matter what format you, you, you decide to change it up. Like, for example, back in 2002, people were saying, oh, the dunk contest isn't really that fun anymore, you know, outside of, you know, Vince Carter doing what he did. So let's bring in this spinning wheel of fortune thing and players have to do whatever dunk the wheel lands on. Like, no. That doesn't make the dunk contest interesting. Or a couple of years ago when it was like East versus West and you had like three dunkers on one side and three dunkers on the other side and they were just doing like layup drills with like simple dunks and what have you. No, stuff like that does not make things interesting and competitive. It's up to the players. Adding gimmicks to it doesn't make it that much more interesting. It just makes it convoluted. So at the end of the day, these players need to stop complaining and if they want to say it needs to be competitive again, then make it competitive. Nobody did a Space Jam, put a ball in your hand, took all your talent, and sent it on to Moron Mountain. No, none of that happened. So if you guys want to make it competitive, it's on you. The onus is on you to make it competitive. It's, that's all I got to say about the matter, man. But what do you guys think? Do you guys agree with me? Do you guys disagree? Hit me up on Twitter at cool underscore radio and let me know 
your thoughts. Also, before I get into uh, the next segment, um, I really want to bring this to light because this is something very serious. Um, I think it's something that a lot of people need to know about, especially within the Toronto hip hop community and just within the, the, the GTA community all, all together uh, because this kind of transcends music as well. Um, so there is a very popular artist within the GTA. He goes by the name of John River, exceptional artist, very talented, very young as well, only 23 years of age. Um, he's been very quiet as far as social media is concerned for several months and much to our surprise, the public, we did not know that he was going through some sort of ailment. Um, he made this very public a couple months ago, but then he, uh, on behalf of his mother, actually, his mother is the one who, who took control of his Twitter account, uh, spoke on behalf of him uh, and gave us details last night. This happened last night, actually. And I was just reading this on my way home, uh, just on the train and what have you. And like, it just took over my timeline. I read the entire story, the entire thread. And I was, you know, I was, I felt so many emotions, but I was, I was, I was heartbroken. I was confused. I was angry just based on what his mother was, was uh, talking about on behalf of him. And basically, uh, from what I gathered, he has, he's been going through a lot physically. Like he has uh, some, some sort of uh, condition. I, I can't remember the name of it. I believe it's called C, CSR. If I'm wrong, please correct me on that. But it's a very rare condition. Um, and basically, from what she was describing, he was having a lot of trouble breathing. Like he was, his heart was failing him a few times. He, it was hard for him to breathe. He couldn't catch his breath. He lost wind. He fainted on multiple occasions. Um, also, his eyesight became so sensitive that he had to sit in dark rooms uh, on, on a regular basis so that he wouldn't get migraines. He had ear infections. And then every time he had to go to the doctors for an appointment or to get looked at, Majority of them told him that, oh, it was just anxiety, that he'll be fine. He's just overworked and overstressed. Um, there's even one account where they're describing about how, uh, what was it? They, uh, took him to, they, they took him to a psychiatric ward to check him out to see if he was crazy or if he was going through depression or anything like that. And at the end of the day, like, these doctors have a responsibility to do a thorough investigation as far as the symptoms and what he's going through and just trust the patient and what he or she is saying. And I feel like these, these doctors who saw him were very negligent. And there's also one account where there's a doctor who injected some sort of spinal, uh, some sort of uh, spine-related fluid into, into his body uh, to see what the issue was. And a few days later, there was a, a spinal, there was a spinal, spinal fluid leak, basically. So it was just adding one issue onto another, essentially. And just reading this made me very angry, and it just made me think about our our healthcare system. Yes, it's free, and I get that. But even though it's free, we still demand the top notch uh, doctors and physicians to look after our patients, basically, because our patients are the ones who co contribute to society. So reading that, it just uh, it just brought me to a point where you know stuff like this needs to be mentioned more. And for me, you know, I'm not the most well versed person when it comes to healthcare and, and medical concerns. But at the same time, I do have a platform, and I've had the pleasure of having John River on my platform before. It was that about two years ago, actually. Um, and at the end of the day the most I can do at the very least is bring awareness to what's happening in this particular situation. At the end of the thread, uh, there was an email uh, to, be, uh, to be contacted 
by any physician or anyone who can actually help him in his situation as far as getting the right uh, medical attention and the right information as far as how to overcome this. So the email address that was left behind was let's save, I believe it was let's save John at gmail.com. So for anyone who has seen this thread or who is listening to me, um, you know, bloviate about this uh, about this particular topic right now or later on when they find us on YouTube or on SoundCloud or what have you. Um, basically, the symptoms he's going through is heavy breathing. Uh, he feels as though he has like a collapsed rib of, of some sort or a broke or an injured rib. Um, very sensitive eyesight. Uh, his his vision is very blurry right now, and he can't hear properly. If you guys know any of those combined symptoms, please send your information to let's save John at gmail.com because that is a young individual who needs our help. He's very vital not only to the music community within Toronto, within Canada, but also just a a a patron of Mississauga, basically. Like he does his part in in providing for the community. So please let's send that information to him and his representatives as soon as possible. And I hope nothing but the best for John River. He is a talented artist and that much more of a better human being altogether. So please, let's give this young man our support and many people like him who are going through the scenario right now. On that note, we're gonna go to a commercial break. After the commercial break, uh, I wanna talk about the Aziz and Sorry story that's been taking over headlines right now. And I feel like it's very important that we discuss this and kind of go into detail about it and then exchange ideas and then uh, kind of move forward afterwards. But before we get to that, because we're just kind of moving on from John River, I want to go into a commercial break with one of his, one of his more popular records. Uh, this one's called The League. It's my personal favorite record uh, of his thus far. So we're going to play that right now. I'll be right back after these messages. You. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Once again, that was John River with The League, uh, one of his more popular records. It's definitely a favorite of mine. Uh, once again, if you're just joining in, I just uh, took a few minutes uh, out of the show just to discuss what the latest trials and tribulations are have happening with that young man. And if you have any information on how you can uh, best help his situation as well, uh, send that information to letssavejohn at gmail.com. Now, let us discuss this Aziz and Zari Star, story, okay? Now, um, there is a story going on in regards to Aziz and Starry and a woman who has remained anonymous, but right now she's going by the pseudonym Grace. So basically, Aziz and Grace, <clears throat> pardon me, went on a date roughly about a year ago or so. And basically, Grace submitted a story to a writer. I can't remember the name of the writer's name, but she writes for a publication called Babe.net. And the writer fashions herself as, you know, a feminist in support of the feminist movement and what have you, which is totally fine. Um, basically, I don't want to go into too many details because it's already out there right now. The story is out. Everyone's been talking about it. So I'm going to assume that you guys are well aware of the story as well. If not, I encourage you all to go and check out the story, basically. Uh, so I decided to take in the story because I thought, you know, it'd be a great discussion point um, for Cool Radio because I'm all about talking about what's happening within society and pop culture and what have you. So in this, in this you know, encounter between the two, it involves you no know, sexual, sexual assault or alleged sexual assault on the part of Aziz and Star. 
Now, I'm reading the story and I'm also listening to the accounts and I'm reading and I'm like watching news reports about it. And in my mind, in my mind, you know, regardless of what anyone has said as far as like their opinion on it, for me, it almost sounds as though it was just a bad date that led to, you know, miscommunication on both parties, basically. That was my initial reaction when I first heard the story and I first read about it as well. So I decided, okay, let me watch other, you know, you know, news programs or any other programs that are talking about it in general to see where their opinion or opinions are at. So I watched a lot of people, you know, who discussed it, you know, as far as the male perspective and the female perspective, especially. And, you know, to my, you know, I would say pleasant surprise, you know, majority of the people, not even majority, just all, all the ones that I watched, maybe it was, like, it was like five sources that I watched, basically. I'm sure there's a lot more that were discussing it, but out of the five sources that I watched, trusted sources as well, you know, from what I normally watch as well, they all agreed, both male and female, that this was, this wouldn't really constitute as a case of sexual assault in comparison to a case like Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein or anything of the sort. Instead, this is mainly just a bad date that was deep-rooted in a lot of miscommunication. Like, for a lot of people who know, um, Grace was basically stating how um, I was upset that, like, he, that she was saying, you know, in her paraphrasing, mind you, that she was upset that he wasn't accepting my nonverbal cues. Now, that is a very subjective term to use, nonverbal cues, because nonverbal cues aren't always universal. For example, the peace sign. We know that as a nonverbal cue that's universally known throughout the globe as you know a sign of or a a um, a gesture of tranquility, basically, to offer you know um, good tidings among your fellow man or woman, basically. Now, in some cultures, if you flip up the peace sign reverse like this, it basically means f you. So if you go to the UK and do this to somebody, it's basically saying f you. So again. I, I bring that up as an example because nonverbal cues aren't always spot on. They're not, they're not always universal. Um, she also mentioned how she, you know, she was mumbling as well as a way to say, no, stop this. But at the end of the day, that mumbling just means that you're not articulating what you want to say properly. Now, I say all this because I'm leading up to what was eventually what made him stop initially. When she told him, no, I don't want to do this, like, those, like, again, paraphrasing, we, but essentially when she basically said no, he complied. Anytime she said no, he complied. He was persistent afterwards a few times here and there, but at the end of the day, whenever she said no, he complied. And there was even one instance within the dissertation, um, I believe she was in the bathroom, and she said something to the extent of, and mind you, I'm paraphrasing once again, that... Um, that she feels very uncomfortable and that she doesn't want to hate you, but she can, but she doesn't want to hate him, but she continues on with this particular thing that they're doing right now, that she's going to hate him. And then he said, whoa, I don't want you to hate me. Like, it's, if it's not fun for you, then it's not going to be fun for us. So, like, let's just chill on the couch and put our clothes on. That is what he said. So anytime she made it verbally clear that she did not want to continue with, with, with the, um, I guess with the sexual advances, he stopped. 
Now, I bring this up because of the fact that she is... I don't know if she's charging him for sexual assault, but he's now within the realm of sexual assault. And we've seen a lot of actors, as of the last few months especially, uh, been tagged for sexual assault. Like I just mentioned, uh, Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, Louis C.K., uh, John Travolta, apparently, George Takai. Like, there's so many people within the within the entertainment industry who are being pegged as, you know, borderline sexual offenders, basically. Um, and I feel like that's really dangerous uh, to lump Aziz Ansari in that same predicament based off of a date that was filled with poor communication. And even at the end of it, I think the next day, in fact, he texted her saying, hey, it was nice meeting you. Uh, I'm glad we had a good time. But then she uh, flipped the script and said, uh, no, I didn't have a good time. Like, you made me feel very uncomfortable. And I hope me saying this to you um, is a way for you to learn for the next time when you bring another girl over into your house and, and not respond to her nonverbal cues correctly. And then once uh, she sent him that message, he was like, oh, I apologize, you know, sincerely. I had no idea I was making you feel that way. I never wanted to make you feel that way at all. So... On his part, he acknowledges that he made that he made her feel uncomfortable, but he didn't know that. He didn't know that he wasn't trying to put you know some sort of um, uh, party favor in her drink of some sort and, and get her drunk or get her disoriented and then fondle her and then and go go on about his business after that. No, he thought that it was a purely consensual thing that was happening between the two, and then whenever she said no, he let it go basically. I don't want to downplay, you know, how this person felt because at the end of the day, everyone's different. Another woman in her position may feel differently. Um, but at the end of the day, despite her feeling this way about, about the date and what have you, I just feel that communication when it comes to these scenarios is, is key. It's absolutely key because if you guys miscommunicate or if you guys don't get a point across immediately, then something is going to happen that could affect you and the other person involved or it could just affect one person basically and i think it's super important that everyone gets their bases laid down like if you are interested in, in having some sort of sexual connection with the person let them know like there's no shame in saying hey i find you very attractive i feel like you know me and you are sexually a match with one another whether you're a man or a woman you know what i mean at least that way people know what they're expecting and I feel like this whole thing about nonverbal cues, again, it's a very subjective thing. Because how is somebody supposed to know what the signal is for, for, for stopping in your mind? You know what I mean? You can literally just push the person off. And that's a, that can be somewhat of a clear cue. Um, but if it's something like mumbling, for example, how is anyone, for that matter, supposed to understand what you're trying to say? So again, not trying to downplay what you know Grace is saying and what have you, but at the same time, you know, on the flip side, and I'm trying to be as objective as possible. If you want to say that that is sexual assault, despite the fact that he backed away anytime you clearly said no, versus somebody like Harvey Weinstein threatening uh, to kill a young girl's career if she doesn't sexually comply to his advances, then how do we measure what is and what isn't sexual assault or sexual misconduct at the very least? So, I don't know, as a man, I guess I, I'm, my bias is coming in in favor of Aziz Ansari because at the end of the day, when it comes to, you know, men versus women and what have you, there's always 
you know, signs that you have to look at. I'm not talking about, you know, just in terms of the, the, sex, the sexual nature. I'm even just talking about, you know, just the general attraction, like whether or not somebody likes you. And, like, you have to pay attention to these certain signs and nonverbal cues and what have you. And for me, you know, especially me being older now, it's just easier for me to know if somebody likes me or not. And if I have to go out on Front Street and just propose that to a woman as far as, hey, do you like me, yes or no? I'm cool doing that because I'd rather not play the cat and mouse game and go in a roundabout circle trying to figure out, oh, does she like me, does she not like me? I said this to her and she was laughing at my jokes and we're like, ha ha ha, but then, you know, she said this to me, like, no. Communication is key. So even as something as simple as figuring out whether or not somebody likes you, if you're the if you're a girl and you want to know if this guy likes you, instead of throwing out all these signs, whatever, just be like, hey, like, listen, I'm interested in you. Like, I want to know if you feel the same way about me. It's as easy as that. I feel like men and women should both give up their ego and their pride in that one moment. And if they get turned down, hey, on to the next one. That's what that's what I'm saying. Um, so just in regards to communication, I just feel like that was the folly in this entire story overall. That is what led to, you know, her feeling, you know, uncomfortable and her kind of regretting that bad date. And then on the flip side for Anzari, it's like, oh, well, shoot, you know, maybe I should have picked up on these signs, even though they weren't really that clear to me, but maybe I should try next time, right? So they're both leaving feeling defeated because I guess on one end for her, she feels violated. I don't know if she's ever been put in that predicament before by anyone maybe of a lesser caliber in terms of stature in society. And on his end, I don't know if any woman he has had, you know, within his general vicinity has kind of given those same movements that she did, but it was all in a way of playing hard to get, so to speak. So there just has to be clear communication. I know I keep saying that word ad nauseum, but that is the key right here. That is what led to this entire fiasco. And now fast forward, this guy's career might be in jeopardy, especially when you look at the long list of people within um, the entertainment industry who are getting nabbed for sexual assault, sexual misconduct, and things of that nature. Now, before I end this off, I want to say this to the men specifically. We always keep, society in general keeps victim blaming women who have gone through situations of like of rape and, and things of that nature, but never once has society ever said to men, you know, in general, hey men, learn not how to do these things. And I think that is imperative. It is imperative. Um, it's essential, basically, so that we don't have cases like, not maybe not necessarily like this in terms of the seriousness. Uh, and again, I don't want to downplay how she felt as a, as a person, as a woman in that situation. Uh, but I'm talking about the more extreme cases that we've heard in the news, like all the women who have reported being, you know, raped by Bill Cosby, for example, like women in those situations. We don't want any more of those situations. So I feel like it's a responsibility of men to treat women as people, as they are to be respected. They, they, are, not, they are on equal footing of men in society. We should treat them as such and not downplay that even for a second. And then, you know, as far as women go, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give any any you know advice as a man to women on, on how you know you should perceive situations or what have you like I don't want to do it because I, I don't want to feel like I'm condes condescending anyone um, all I'll say is I'll just lean back to the communication aspect of it all and then you know there are women who just say no no I'm not dealing with that and continue to do that continue to do that uh, no matter what the situation is because at the end of the day 
no means no. Like, there's no hidden agenda behind that. There's no, like, no is as clear as day. And I think that's the only message that was clear in this interaction between Grace and Aziz Ansari. So again, communication, that is the that is the golden word right now. And that's all that needs to be said in this scenario. Um, but what do you guys think? Do you guys agree with me? Do you guys disagree with me? Again, healthy dialogue is always welcome. It's always accepted. Uh, I'm curious to hear you know, both men and women's opinions on this matter as well. So please feel free to hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio or comment under this video once I post it on YouTube. Um, and let me know what you think because this is a very interesting scenario that I think a lot of people really need to gauge on. On that note, we're going to go to a commercial break. Uh, so when we come back, we have Trip Talk. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio, and we'll be right back after these messages. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. That was my man, Everything Ocean, with the song Broke. And by the way, we'll actually be having him on the show next Friday. So make sure you uh, keep it locked for that. Um, now... We're going into trip talk. So that's three topics within three minutes. We're going to get to three of the hottest topics that happened within pop culture this week. So with that being said, let's get to it. So the first topic I have on deck has to do with Cardi B. Now, Cardi B is riding a wave of momentum that she carried on from 2017 and now into 2018. And Billboard has just announced uh, this week that she has become the first female to have five records within the top ten of the Billboard Hip Hop and R&B charts. The previous record owner of that was Beyonce, and she tied Beyonce, and Beyonce had that record back in 2016. Now, the record is five, and the record is five between men and women as well, and she shares that spot with Drake and Kendrick Lamar. So, that's pretty big. So, I may not be the biggest fan of Cardi B, but I will give props for her props of due, and I'll give her that cool drop. Well, let me get that one more time for the people on camera. There we go, there we go, yeah. Now, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of Cardi B, uh, mainly because I'm not really a huge fan of trap music in general. Like, I feel like trap music, for the most part, like 80% of it, and that's just me being nice, it sounds very generic, it just sounds derivative, it just sounds the same, right? So I haven't had the, I haven't given the time to listen to a lot of Cardi B records. So I'm not saying a fan because I don't like her, I'm just saying I'm not a fan because I really haven't listened to her outside of Bodak Yellow and also uh, the record that she did with Bruno Mars, which I actually kind of liked because it was different from the snippets that I've heard from her before, which is the usual bad bitch, bad bitch, bad bitch stuff, right? So. Her being taken out of that element and being put in a more fun, you know, jovial element was actually kind of cool. And, you know, I'm a kid in the 90s. Nostalgia kind of gets to you. It can be one hell of a drug at, at times. So, nonetheless, good for her. Like, I feel like there needs to be more women who should be making more moves like that within, within the music industry, especially with, with hip-hop, because hip-hop is a very male-dominated industry. Like, it only feels like once every five years we get, like, one woman who's killing her. And we rarely have a time where we have multiple women killing. It always has to be just just only one. It's kind of like the black comedian rule where it can only be one black comedian at a time killing it. It can't be five or six, which is kind of weird. I don't understand, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, you know what? I will give props for her props to do. She's killing it right now in, in the mainstream game. A lot of people are gravitating towards her. She has a ton of streams on Apple Music and Spotify. And, you know, it's very it's very positive to see, you know, women making a move within hip-hop. I would just like to see more than just 
one being put on the mantle or on a pedestal. Because I've said before, and I'll say it again, there's lots of variety in hip hop. There's lots of things, uh, lots of artists that you can choose from, but there shouldn't be one woman to choose from within the mainstream. Like it's like, let's say it's like comic books, for example. Like the whole comic book world, as far as mainstream concerned, can't always be Superman. You know what I mean? We gotta have more. We gotta have Black Panther. We gotta have Ant-Man, for example. We gotta have Guardians of the Galaxy, etc., etc. Right? So there's gotta be a plethora of what people can choose from uh, within the mainstream. Yes, of course, you're gonna have all your other options within uh, other other spheres and other circles, what have you. But for the women, I feel like there should at least be one for the top 40, the, the, the casual fan. There should be one for the hardcore lyrical fan. There should be one for the conscious fan etc etc basically that's all i'm saying but nonetheless good for cardi b and hope she continues on with her success um do you guys agree do you guys disagree what do you guys think about her breaking the record uh let me know hit me up on cool or on twitter rather at cool underscore radio or hit me up on instagram at cool radio cc and let me know your thoughts and comment below once i post this video uh, secondly, on the doc, man, let's go to let's go to Drizzy Drake. Actually, I want to go to that story. Um, Drake and the Raptors obviously have a partnership with one another. That part partnership has lasted for about five or six years, give or take. Now, and they just kind of took it to a whole new level now because Drake, Drake's OVO brand, and has teamed up with the Raptors with uh, Team Canada Basketball, and he has donated two million dollars to the basketball program and also what he has done is also donated some money um to build uh more basketball courts around the city of toronto and i feel like that is huge seeing how he's one of the most popular figures worldwide and by far the most popular figure in canada like as far as music and just entertainment goes i can't think of anyone more popular than him right now within that sphere so i feel like him using his power his privilege his celebrity to help out a cause that's bigger than him to enlarge the growth of canadian talent um to play basketball going forward i think he's doing his part i mean we credit vince carter with that because of him being this larger than life figure when he was playing in Toronto and had some of the best years of his career overall while he was here and healthy and what have you. And he influenced a lot of our Canadian ballers that we now see in the NBA. Tristan Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Corey Joseph, the list goes on and on. He influenced those guys to pursue a career in basketball and got them to the highest level, which is the NBA. So I feel like Drake using his celebrity and star power in combination with the recent success that the Raptors are having right now, uh, it's a perfect time to do something for the community so that a lot more kids can be more engaged with the sport of basketball because it can't always just be about hockey all the time. I don't want to sound petty or bitter right now, but hockey can't be the only option for kids in Canada. And I always feel like when it comes to the Canadian sports media, they always try to press upon that Canada, or sorry, that um, hockey is Canada's game. It's as if to say that it's the only game that Canada should ever know. No, there's a plethora of sports that, that kids can play. And I'm sure hockey will always be the most storied sport in Canada, possibly the most popular, but basketball is a beast in and of itself, basically. I would argue that basketball is probably the second most popular sport in America behind football, which will always be the giant within America. But I think behind it would be basketball. In this country, I don't know, it's a little hard to tell because after you have 
hockey than everything else just, just kind of like picking at the bit trying to fight for that that spot in popularity but i believe with drake's influence his power his celebrity that he has along with the raptors doing very well um especially this year i mean the sky's the limit man so good for drake on using his influence and using his privilege so to speak uh, to help out a cause that's greater than him that's going to benefit the generation after us, basically. Uh, but what do you guys think about that? Again, hit me up in the comment section, hit me up on social media, and let me know what you think. And final story that I got to get to, man, within Trip Talk, and then I'll get to the final segment of the day afterwards. Um, we got to talk about Offset. Offset is one of the members of the Migos, and he got into a little bit of fire this week uh, because he said a particular lyric in a record called uh, Boss Life featuring YFN Lucci. I haven't heard of the artist before, so you let me know how he sounds. Uh, now, basically, the artist, or not the artist, the, uh, the lyric seems to spark a nerve with a lot of people who are within the uh, uh, L LGBT community, basically. And the lyric goes as followed, and I quote, I cannot vibe with queers. I got the heart of a bear, busting them down by the pair. Patek Felipe, it's rare. Now, as we all know, the, the, the term queer is has been used as somewhat of a slur in regards to people of, of uh, homosexuality, homosexual orientation, basically. Um, it's been like that for decades at the very least. And he seems to have said that in his lyric. So. Basically, he made a statement. He made a couple of statements, in fact. So this is the first statement that the Offset made. So he said, and I quote, trying to make me out to be a homophobic, I'm a whole gangster, I don't even speak on sexuality. The definition ain't even that, trying to make it about gays. I work with them all the time at events dealing with fashion, TV shows. I'm not against nobody, your choice in life. I have fans that love my music, I don't discriminate. So he said that, that was the first thing he said. And then afterwards, he went to Instagram and actually posted the definition of queer. So the definition of queer is strange and odd, which is technically true. I mean, I remember, you know, a long, long time ago, the term gay, you know, in Webster's Dictionary used to mean happy, you know what I mean? So is Offset making a point? Did he not mean it in that term? I don't know, but I will say that it was very savvy of him to actually pull up the correct definition of queer. Um, at the end of the day, it's music. And what I mean by that is this. Music, especially when it comes to hip hop, is filled with a lot of double and triple entendres and metaphors that you kind of have to ponder upon to figure out what somebody is really talking about. Um, with that being said, it doesn't, like, if I had to read this out literally, it doesn't sound like he's talking about gay people because if he did, I feel like he could have just been a bit more direct and use a more emphatic term to let us know that he is in fact talking about, about the gay community. He could have said the term gay. He could have said the F word in regards to gay people. He could have said something like that, but he just said, I don't vibe with queers. So queer could have been something strange or odd um, that he finds you know, within society. Um, not regards to the gay community. He could have said, I find your section of individuals that want to network with me are queer. I find the way you do this is queer. Like, he could have meant that. And I don't want to seem like some sort of, like, apologist or anything like that. 
because that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to think of it objectively speaking because rappers in the past have not been afraid to say anything derogatory towards the gay community. Hell, Eminem caught so much flack for it back in like the early 90s or early 2000s rather. And then by the time he tried to tell people like, listen, I have nothing against the gay community. And by going up and performing a record with Elton John and hugging him, I mean, that pretty much kind of... Elton John, like, kind of gave that the cosign that that wasn't the case, right? Like, but there have been so many rappers in the past who have used those, used those slurs, basically. So, me personally, I don't think that this is one of those cases. Because if he, if he really wanted to, he would have just said something so blatant and so raw rather than just saying queer. I mean, I... Me personally, I can't even remember the last time... I heard a gay person referred to as a queer because I feel like that term is so antiquated. However, with that said, I can understand why somebody who is of uh, that community feel a way to it because no matter how antiquated it sounds, at the same time, it may have some sort of sting because of how they've been treated in the past in regards to people who don't agree with their standard of life. That's like, that's like, that's like a white person telling me not to get mad when uh, when someone says the N-word, even though it's an antiquated word, but still has a lot of relevance to this day. Now, I don't know if the term queer has relevance to this day. I do not know. So anybody who is uh, involved within that community, let me know if it still has relevance, because I'm not sure. But I will say in Offset's defense, I don't think he meant to offend the gay community. That's just my personal take on it. Um, again, I feel like he could have just said something a lot more blatant if he really wanted to stick it to the gay community, and he didn't. He just said, I don't vibe with queers. We don't know. I mean, I personally don't think so. He put out two statements in regards to that. Many people could argue, oh, that's a PR stunt. He could just be doing that to save his own skin. But if it was a PR stunt, his PR agent probably would have done it, his, done it themselves as well, rather than him doing it and going on his social media feed. We don't know for sure, only he knows. He's saying he's not. We haven't heard him get into any type of fiasco before, so me personally, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It's up to you guys whether you want to follow suit or not. Either way, it makes for good discussion. Let me know. Hit me up in the comment section or hit me up on social media and let me know what you guys thought of that comment or that lyric, rather, whether you think it was homophobic or not. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the throwback Sorry, the Flashback Friday track of the day. We're going to drop it just like, where is it actually? I'm looking for that drop right now. Did I not have it in here? Flashback. There we go. Here we go. And again, let me know what record you want to hear for the segment each and every week, man. Because you know me. I am a throwback junkie. With that being said, uh, I feel like, you know, I want to dedicate this one to all my smokers out there. I know it's nowhere near 420 yet, but... I feel like it's important that we represent for them. <laughs> On that note, this one is from the Lunas. Came out in 1995, ironically, and it's called I Got Five On It. And when we come back, we have the Wanks of the Week. Keep it locked. Yeah. Yes, yes, yo. Welcome back to the show. <clears throat> Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. And we're about to cap things off for the night. But before we do that, we have one more segment to get to. And you already guys know what it is. But with that being said, here we go. <clears throat> Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Cootery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. Say you a wankster, and you need to stop running. 
Wankster of the Week, ironically, goes to two individuals, actually. It goes to 50 Cent, the voice of Wankster of the Week, and the vocal point of his record, Wankster, Ja Rule. Now, this is breaking news, actually, because I already had a different Wankster of the Week in mind, but because I could care less to talk about him for his repeat offense and what he's been doing right now, we're going to go to this. So you're probably asking yourself, why are these two getting the Wankster of the Week? Here's why. Because of the fact that 50 Cent is petty enough to rehash the old beef between him and Ja Rule in order to promote his new movie coming out very shortly, and for Ja Rule for, once again, taking the bait and then trying to defend himself over a 15-year beef. Basically, it all came to blows when 50 Cent was on uh, was on a radio station, what have you, promoting the new movie, and he called out Ja Rule. I can't remember what he said, but he basically made fun of Ja Rule. And then Ja Rule caught wind of this, went on Twitter and said, oh, fun fact, hip-hop fun fact, 50 Cent is a pussy. Okay, sure. And then a lot of people went to Ja Rule and said, dude, you know what he did to you before, don't go this route again, etc., etc." And my thing is this. Ja Rule, you know 50 is a troll. He's made his career out of baiting people to instigate rap beef with him so that it can boost his sales. The minute he did it with Kanye, it failed. And then anyone who tried to go after who, who he tried to go after, either they didn't take the bait or they ended up winning. I mean, Rick Ross, for example, he actually won the beef. Um, but nonetheless, you took the bait. And it's not that you took the bait, it's that you are probably by far his most valuable casualty. And knowing this history, you still took the bait after 15 years? This dude took pieces of your career away from you. You were literally, or arguably rather, the most popular rapper in hip-hop as far as like a, from like a, like a crossover standpoint is concerned. And because you took the bait from him, I, mind you, it was a different era and I get it, but 15 years later, you still took the bait once again? Dude. 50 is the one that looks like the loser because he's still rehashing a beef that you guys had. This is like the high school jock from 15 years ago trying to pick on the, the, the so-called nerd who's now a Fortune 500 company owner, basically. And he's still trying to relive his glory days as the, as the football quarterback. So, for me, you know, Ja Rule, you didn't have to take the bait, man. And 50 Cent, you're petty as fuck, man. I'm sorry, man. Like, I know you've made a career off of this, but once you think about it, like... The fact that you've made a career off of this, it's kind of sad. Like, you're basically saying that you can't stand on your own two feet um, in regards to staying relevant without picking off somebody. Like, I get it, like, controversy generates dollars and what have you, but when you've been using the same shtick for so long, people notice and they get over it eventually. And, like, I think you just need to stop, man. Like, you're doing good things with, with the show Power. You have, like, your, your, your Street Kings line going on right now. The music, it's not really hitting as much as it used to anymore because it's a, it's a different time. But nonetheless, you're doing well for yourself. Stop trying to be the big bad bully, man. Like, it, it's getting worn now. It's getting overplayed. You can do it when you're on television. That's fine because you really come out where you are. But it kind of shows what kind of human being you are at the end of the day when you're trying to be the big bad bully all of the time. So, on that note, I'm giving both of those guys the wanks of the week because it's a 15-year-old feud. Get the hell over it. It's done already. It was fun when I was in the ninth grade, but fast forward, <laughs> I'm damn near 30, man. Like, come on. Like, just stop it already. Just stop. 
Uh, but on that note, do you deserve the wankster? Both of you guys, of course you do. I'm dropping it just like this. And on that note, ladies and gents, we are coming to a close. I want to thank y'all for coming in. Um, I want to announce that once again, I got my man Everything O'Shawn, a recording artist straight out of Toronto. He is coming here into the booth next week. So we're going to talk new music, new movements, and we're going to talk a lot of hoops as well. Let's be honest. We're going to talk a lot about that. Um, y'all can hit me up on Twitter. And once again, at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Hit me up on Instagram at coolradiocc, as well as Facebook, as well as YouTube um, and SoundCloud. Hit me up on SoundCloud at cool underscore radio to catch this episode and past episodes as well. Uh, once again, thank you guys for tuning in. And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you that we are creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Let's save Matthew. Peace.